off top. So horizontal gene transfers. I'm smiling, Charlie. We're cutting all that stuff out, all the mistakes getting cut out. Um, we think of all of genetic genes being passed down vertically from parent to child for all organisms from single cell all the way up to multicellular organisms. That is not always the case. Sometimes genetics can be, can be passed between organisms in different species without any sexual reproduction. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. I know you never heard of that before. That's new. I read a book called The Tangled Tree like five years ago, I think, three or four years ago. And it was incredibly mind blowing. The fact of the matter is it makes it sound really like maybe we could have got duck bills from ducks, but it's actually mostly takes place between like bacteria, like small organisms. But some of the bigger ones that are still very small is like the tardigrade. You heard of the water bear, I imagine. Like the tiny. No. Okay, so it's a tiny little insect like creature that can survive an incredibly harsh um circumstances i think like people believe they can like survive in space and so the genes that allow them to survive it's believed that all of those or a lot of those genes were hor horizontally um inherited from other organisms like plants and fungi and stuff like that. there's a few insects like that but most i think like bioluminescence amongst some sea creatures is between organisms passing so yeah i'm obviously not a geneticist but the book was really interesting and really fun so aaron Rodgers, <laughs> he aaron read the book if you're bored at some point but aaron Rodgers. so he went on with um everybody's buddy pat mcafee and told us what we already knew that he was gonna be a jet right like we kind of knew it didn't we it seemed like it was obvious but i guess it's nice to have uh some certainty uh it's something that we've been counting down to for a while but it's anticlimactic a little bit to me because like, yeah, we knew it was going to happen. The only thing that right now is being sorted out is figuring out the like the details of the deal between the teams. I'm guessing how much they're going to how much the Packers are going to pay of Rogers salary, um, how many picks they're going to do back and forth or trade back and forth, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, AFC East is going to be popping. Aaron Rodgers joining the team. What do you think? I mean, this was a, a perfect Aaron Rodgers day. He went on McAfee. He said he went into the darkness, 90% retired. And he's come out of the darkness as a jet. <laughs> Is that what he <laughs> said? Yeah, he was 90% retired when he entered the darkness. <laughs> um, he, came out, he came out wanting to play for the Jets. We had uh, the tour de force, basically, of him. Uh, telling Schefter to lose his number, which Schefter tweeted out the screenshot of, which was just chef's kiss. Perfect. That's outstanding. Um, this is the first day. I think I've, I've switched sides to you and I want to, I want to, you're on my side. I want to publicly say thank you to Aaron Rodgers. Oh, Cause if you, you look at him, like, like he is a, a Sasha Baron Cohen character. He is like a character we would create for the like 2023 quarterback. It's yeah. perfect. I've been on Aaron Rodgers side or not on his side, but been an Aaron Rodgers supporter for a long time. Ever since I yelled at him about COVID ever since then, I've been pro Aaron Rodgers because the rest of the stuff, I think it's in part because he did the COVID lie stuff 
because that was real and that was serious. And I think that put into like perspective how all the rest of the stuff that he does is just kind of silly. No one's getting hurt. It doesn't affect anybody. And honestly, as someone who slaves away in these content minds daily looking for something to talk about, Aaron Rodgers is a damn hero. Like just giving us something to talk about. And he said many times, like when people complain about him dragging his stuff out uh, that we don't have to talk about. He's absolutely right. We don't have. But he, but he loves that we do. I'm sure he does. Yeah. If he didn't want us to talk about it. I think the fact of the matter is he is. Whatever he's gone through, whatever he's doing, whatever drugs he's taken and whatever retreats he's gone on, whatever exploration or meaning he or meaning searching journeys that he's gone on. He seems like a more fully realized version of himself, you know, and like I think we all think of like a complete human as like one thing, a person that acts a certain way. But actually, maybe you can just beat your own game. And you get to where you're supposed to be and where he's supposed to be is this guy. Because when we were so critical of the things that he was saying on the Pat McAfee show back in the day, so many weird things he was saying or unusual things he was saying, we're critical of it in large part and all the stuff outside of the COVID stuff, because that kind of felt unsafe and risky. But outside of that, we're critical of it because it was weird and it didn't make sense to us. And we're critical of it because some of the stuff I think was like normal it's just these are not conversations that we're used to people having in public so he was contemplating retirement with his buddy he just happened to record it and put it all out there for us to see and i think lots of players after the season are contemplating retirement and i think several players probably may imbibe or do any other version of uh, um taking any substances to help them elevate themselves uh, to make these decisions. So I don't know. I, I've been team Aaron Rodgers and I'm rooting for him to have success in New York. And I'm even happier because he's getting guys paid that like Mercedes Lewis looking at what season is this for him? 20. Uh, I think it's his 18th season. He will yeah. be, if he plays when he plays this year, he will have played more seasons than any tight end ever. Exactly. He would not be getting checks if Aaron Rodgers wasn't out here helping him get checks. And I I respect that. I guess that's a spot taken from somebody else. So as like a players union guy, I shouldn't care because it's not like he's created a new job. But just as a guy who like respects loyalty is like, yeah, get your guys paid, man. Get him another check. See, I I, that was very nice, very empathetic with the way that you view Aaron Rodgers. I find him funnier because he's just an Internet troll. Yeah. He's just look, looking up shit online and being like, how can I stir the pot? And I, while I wouldn't, you know, lie about the COVID vaccine or spew chemtrails conspiracies, other than that, you know, it's better. You know, the best thing to do is troll all of the media people who take themselves way too seriously. That's the chef's kiss that I like. It is great. You're right. Um, So they're Super Bowl favorites now. That's the, I don't I mean. Yeah. I mean, what are we thinking? Fifth best team in the AFCs? I don't think so. I mean, uh, it's not in the AFC. It's in the AFC. Yeah. Well, definitely not in the AFC. Uh, I think that they certainly have become competitors, uh, which they weren't before. It depends on what level of Aaron Rodgers we get and how replicable that defensive performance was from last year. Because as you know, and stat nerds know, defense is not as uh, consistent as offense. You can't, 
depend on a defense being as good as it was the year before the following season. But they have a lot of young, talented pieces, and I'm so excited for Garrett Wilson. Like I've been a big Garrett Wilson fan, not just because of his play, but you remember that um, that kind of uh, message that his father, I think it was NFL.com or NFL Network or something, uh, recorded his father giving him a message after uh, he was drafted. And I think I like retweeted it not too long ago. But anyway, it was a beautiful message from father to son. And it was touching and it made me a fan immediately. And he's also an incredible football player. And I'd like to see him with a quarterback who can play. So many great receivers have had their careers uh, cheapened by big and bad systems or with bad quarterbacks and uh, bad places. So I'm glad for Garrett Wilson that he's going to get a chance to be uh, that high level. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, there are going to be a lot more games that we care about. So I don't know. And this, I think this ties back into like what we were talking about last week with how the corporatization of sports has kind of sucked the fun out of it in many ways. I'm not going to let that happen to me. And it's not, it's not happening with this. It's not happening with this. Cause this is, this is fun. <laughs> this is fun. And Ooh, this is a, this is a win-win for us. Yeah. Like, I, I I almost feel the view the the Jets like they're the Knicks like they have not been like a real team in my lifetime. I know they made the AFC title right, game right, right, with, right. with but like come on we we knew we knew I was up like if there's a real New York football team that that seems like a favorite it could be legitimately exciting and fun and New York fans are crazy and the passion for the team is going to be awesome and on the other side if they suck. That's also going to be hilarious when he goes on Pat McAfee every single week and just waxes poetically and reads Ayn Rand quotes about why it's not actually him that sucks. <laughs> His teammates are so happy that he's coming, it seems, and that could turn quickly. But oh, man. I, him and Zach Wilson together. It's yeah. beautiful. <laughs> to the, and uh, I guess we'll get to um, Dame Lillard at some point because he was talking about uh, last week, he was talking about uh, the rings culture and entitlement stuff. And I think some of that is tied into this conversation and we'll get to the update on John Morant and all that stuff. But, and I guess after this, we'll probably talk uh, Lamar Jackson, but the thing that made me think of Dame was the idea of fun and the rings culture. I was on get up uh, yesterday morning and uh, Graziano said, if they don't win a super bowl, then they'll regret it. And hmm. I think this is tied into like my general rant about the corporatization of professional sports or corporatization of American sports in general is why the hell do we have to evaluate everything? You know, like it, to me, it feels like, well, yes, it's a, it's a results driven business. It doesn't have to be for us. Well, I guess maybe it's because I'm not a fan of the team. You're yeah. looking at me like I'm crazy. This shit's about entertainment for me. Like, yeah, it's to an extent, yeah. but if you're a fan, you want your team to win. Yeah. That's the difference between me and I guess everyone else is like, I don't have a team. I like watching sports because I like watching sports and I want to be entertained. And you have, you don't have a football team either. Like, oh no, Dan Snyder beat that out of me. Thanks. Yeah. Dan. So like, that's why I'm confused that, and I guess I, I shouldn't be confused. It's because we have to fill up a lot of content and that's why we do this. But like, it confuses me why people like get angry about and this happens to me and maybe it's just because we're on social media and you feel like you have to have and you notice like i stopped tweeting like a year ago and i don't really do it much now at all maybe i'll get back in it but like 
it feels like everyone feels like they need to have an opinion on everything. And they're like grading people's offseason moves and stuff. They're like, oh, that was dumb. That was a failure. You better win the Super Bowl or it doesn't matter. Like, I'm guilty of it, too, on TV because I get paid to do it. However, I'm not in it for that. It, to, yeah. to me, like the reason why I called it corporatization is like it feels like how a company has a good quarter and then they're like, hmm, how can we cut costs and raise prices so that we can have better profitability next quarter? Like, no, nah, what y'all made last quarter was just fine. Make that again. And to me, it's like I'm watching these games and it's like this was fun. Now, let's not yeah. micromanage it to the point where it no longer gets fun. So for me, that's what I'm looking for. This Jets experience is a good um competitive team that's fun and interesting all year more interesting competitive teams the better if they don't win a super bowl it's not a failure for me maybe Salah gets fired but i'm gonna keep my job and be happy and enjoy it oh and i for to be clear i do not think this jets team is going to win a super bowl i think like i mean aaron Rodgers is knocking on the door 40 years old uh and this was the first year where he played mediocre football um, I think there's an actual interesting discussion of, of the team that should have regret in this at the Packers who waited a year too late to trade him because they could have gotten the Russell Wilson deal a year ago or more. Probably more, yeah. But no, I mean, the thing about uh, evaluating wins and losses is that's fun. That's entertainment for me. It's like, because there's context too. It's like rating these people. How do I view Aaron Rodgers amongst the slew of other great football players I've seen? And all of the context matters. Like, I'm not going to say that Trent Dilfer's one Super Bowl matters as much as Aaron Rodgers, but I'm also going to say, you look at Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers throwing the football is right there with those guys on what he's like been jaw dropping and awe inspiring, but he's got one Super Bowl and it hasn't been like these heroic playoff losses. Like, he's had some actual low moments where he's been vulnerable and we've seen him like fail. And it's sort of fun to contextualize all of that. I mean, I get when we will, we'll flesh this conversation out because I don't completely disagree with you, but I think we just see it differently in some ways. When we get to the Dame conversation, we'll flesh that out anymore. I don't got anything else on the Packers. They're going to be fun to watch. This show is sponsored by better help. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com DF today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot DF. Now let's talk about the play of the week, the pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish, shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur 
Barnstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. I do want to talk about the Lamar pitch that my wife made to me this morning that I immediately stole. I was doing get up from home. And so I immediately stole it during the commercial break and then went to air with it. Um, and it's like obvious. Uh, we are in D.C. and uh, the Washington Commanders don't have a quarterback. They were one of the teams that originally said they were out on the Lamar sweepstakes uh, before it even started. But it's the perfect place for them. Like they have young talent. They have guys on defense, talented skill position guys. They're in uh, a majority black city that I'm sure would welcome a majority black city that has a uh, terrible history with their black fans. So like, I don't know if people who are listening to this know this, but like the large majority of black people in Washington, DC known as the chocolate city do not like the Redskins. They are Cowboys fans. Not only do they not like or well, what they were when they were the Redskins, they do not like the commanders. They're Cowboys fans because when they were coming of age, the older ones, the Washington football team was the last team to integrate. And all these local fans were Cowboys fans because that was what was viewed as like the black team. And so if you are black and in D.C., you tell your kids who tell their kids that we don't root for that team. And so the one time when the local people warmed up to this local franchise was when uh, RG3 was out there running around making havoc because it felt like it was part of their team. And obviously the Doug Williams Super Bowl. So that's why his race matters. And that's why it matters to this city. And the last thing, the real kicker for why it would be good is it would it could be Daniel Snyder's final FU to the rest of the owners because Lamar wants a fully guaranteed deal and Daniel Snyder has to sell his team. So give him the fully guaranteed deal. Also, my guess is your franchise value would jump if you add a franchise quarterback to it. Uh, so he would probably get a higher price. Maybe it's not a huge jump, but we see the the difference it makes in basketball, how valuable franchises change or how the value of franchise changes depending on the player you have there. I think um, then the Broncos signed Russell Wilson before they sold the franchise. Right. And I, yeah. my guess is that factored in some stability at that position factored into them uh, selling that team. So who says no? Uh, I mean, Mike, my guess is that Lamar would be sad about that unless other than the guaranteed deal, because I like, I mean, it's been as toxic of a place to play over the last right. 30 years as anywhere. And he's going from whatever you think about how the Ravens have handled this. One of the smartest, most stable yeah. organizations to a dumpster fire. Um, I mean, <laughs> well, it it's a dumpster. Awesome. It's not on fire anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. It's, it's just a smoking heap of trash yeah. that was formerly on fire. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's also like, DC and DC sports fans are starved for a quarterback. Like 2012 was the only fun year of football in my lifetime. Kirk Cousins is probably the best overall quarterback I've ever gotten to watch in DC and pseudo root for. And he's as boring as it gets. Uh, you, If you look around the city, the only jerseys of commanders players that are there are Sean Taylor and Robert Griffin. That's it. No one else has, has penetrated or like made a cultural impact. Um, 
Lamar would instantly be a huge star. And the city loves football. Like, it's not like if the Wizards are good when the Caps won the Stanley Cup or the Nats won the World Series, it's nothing to a nine and seven compared to a nine and seven commanders (laughs) team. That's all we need. Um, And it would be spectacular. On the other side of that, I would be a a little bit sad because I can say with near 100% certainty that we would ruin him. Yeah, we'd ruin him. And it would, it would suck. Yeah, the hope is that um, they're turning a new leaf and the new ownership and uh, would make things work out a little bit better. But he wouldn't have to move that far. I mean, he also he might not have to move at all, uh, depending yeah. on where he lives. He also like he might not be ruinable. Lamar legit yeah, like might, as, as, a, as like a one man offense might just play just as well on any of these decent teams. That was my thought because they haven't been terrible under Ron Rivera. No. They haven't been good, but I think the difference of adding Lamar to that team does at least get him in the playoffs and an NFC that is quarterback starved. They could easily with some good moves uh, be the best team, uh, the perennial power in the NFC for years to come uh, with Lamar Jackson. So I, I don't know why they wouldn't consider doing it. We talked about this before about the risk of it all. There's risk in every move. And yes, it would be risky to give a fully guaranteed contract to Lamar Jackson, but it'd be risky to draft a quarterback and Sam Howe is risky. It's all risky. It's football. Well, and it's also like they're, they're slightly too competent now to tank. Like Caleb Williams is a huge deal in DC. He went to Gonzaga high school yep. in Northeast DC and is the best quarterback prospect since trevor lawrence and might by the end of this year be a bigger prospect than that is that's like crazy to say because we were comparing trevor lawrence to andrew luck and john elway but he's more modern he's more exciting he's more explosive um he can do all of the things that we want to see And it's like okay if you're the washington football franchise commanders and you're like all right we're gonna we're gonna tank this shit out i know it's unethical dominique but you're like i'm gonna we're gonna tank this thing out we're gonna bring back local super superhero quarterback no, they're not going to do that because they're going to go seven and 10. They have too many decent players to go to be like that, that bad and get into that tankathon. But you can't have no plan. The plan can't just be like, all right, let's see if Sam Howell's decent because they have real pieces around them. The defense is solid. They had, the receivers are really good. Like McLaurin and Dotson with a real quarterback would be excellent. Yeah. Um, I mean, I assume that everyone knows, but Caleb Williams is the quarterback at USC right now. Um, he was a Heisman candidate last year and probably the front runner, I would guess going in to this season. Uh, yeah. And the only reason why he's not the number one pick overall is because the NFL and the CBA and the NFL PA have a three years removed from high school rule. So you have to be three years removed from high school before you can enter the NFL draft. So otherwise he would have been the number one overall pick and no one will be talking about anything. The bears would have got a lot more for that first round pick. Or they might have drafted him. The the Bears might have traded Justin Fields. Yeah, honestly, I think the Bears would have traded. They would have got a couple picks for Justin Fields and sent him packing and drafted Caleb Williams. So, yeah, that's the answer to that. Um, All right. It's not going to happen because it would be too much fun. And I guess too much sense. Yeah, I guess the Ravens could always match it, which would be probably Lamar's hope. So he could stay close by. Either way, we the only football games my son has ever been to pro football games is Ravens games because he loves Lamar Jackson. So we've been to probably like four or five of them. So 
Like you don't want to drive out to FedEx Field and sit in the parking lot for three hours to, to I was about watch to say, constipated slop on the I was about to say field. that that he would get closer to us, so that'd be better, but it's actually not really it's easier. Further. Yeah, it's it's just as far and a worse experience, and the stands might collapse under us, so we don't want that. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, so basketball. I think we should start with the the Ja, the updates on on Ja Morant, because uh, that feels a little bit more urgent than the Dame stuff. Even though I have a lot of interest on the Dame stuff. So, what's happening with Ja Morant right now? Okay, so sifting through the Woj bombs, it is been being reported that Ja Morant he went to counseling after he left the team to take time for himself it was in his own statement. He needed to figure out how to deal with stress better. Um, the implication there being he had to protect his mental health and get better. Um, he went to counseling. It was reported today that he has left counseling at his beginning after meeting with Adam Silver to ramp up to return to play. It was then reported by Woj that Morant has been suspended for eight games for detrimental conduct and will be suspended without pay. Um, there are a lot of tentacles to this from John Morant's well-being, uh, the way this story has been reported, the way Adam Silver handled it, the fact that if Morant didn't play the rest of the season and was left off an all-NBA team, he would lose $39 million in value from his max contract, which kicks in next year. Um, so there's a lot there. And it, there's a lot about how we're going to perceive this story with how it's been reported. Yeah, so the the money matters especially mm-hmm. when uh, those pictures leak from, well, I guess they were, they didn't leak. They were released from the strip club where there's money all over the place. Seems like you don't want to give away any more money than you already <laughs> given away. If you're John El- elite interior decorating oh by John Morant and shotgun Willis just, just covered the whole floor. I have no idea what the carpet looks like in there. And it's not because I was distracted by something else. Cause you couldn't see it. But, um, so I don't know. This is one of those things that is hard to talk about because the uh, you want to like say the right thing. Yeah. And if it's about I think I would be less hesitant around this topic if it wasn't for the gun dangling in the strip club on live because everything else to me seemed like a, a, a young guy doing dumb stuff. That was so nonsensical to me that that made me entertain the idea that there was something deeper going on and then they addressed it by going to counseling which is like i don't know i guess like we all need some counseling yeah. uh, so uh, i don't know what that says there's nothing wrong with it uh and then he comes out almost as soon as he goes in it's like if there was a problem who's to say that it could be solved this quickly which is feels unfair because there's probably other things. It's not just, you don't just walk in counseling and walk out. I'm sure you have other things that you do. You continue those things. So trying to dig into that feels like something we can't do. Understanding the implications of the contract is the only thing that's like firm for for me. And yeah, 
I'd come back too. There's no reason if there is some real major problem that requires counseling. I, I guess you could argue that you can't address that while you're also involved in uh, intensely stressful situation like trying to make a championship run. But you're not really or not 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 really. You're never going to get that money back. And right. I know he doesn't need it, but it's his and he was on on pace to get it. And I would try to come back and get it also. I guess you could argue that if he cared that much about it, he wouldn't have done the things that he did prior to this. But you could also argue that that's why he's going to counseling because it wasn't completely in his control. So, like, I don't know. I want to be empathetic, but I also know the old black man in me is just like, come on, brother, get this shit together. Well, it's just it's really hard not to, like, give a little eye roll and cynical look at it, right. even though we don't, we don't know enough. Like he could have done everything the right way. And this could have been, he went to counseling right after he left the team. He was released, et cetera. But it's hard not to look at this with the cynical view that it was beneficial for his PR and right. the rumors around him for him to do this. And then when the consequences of losing all that money were put on the table, the PR became less important. And we are, we certainly aren't saying that as fact, but it's hard to look at the breadcrumbs that have been handed to us. Right. Um, when just yesterday, the reports were basically, we were thinking he might not play again this season because he was going to deal with personal stuff. And then as this snowballed, he, suddenly he's back. It's hard not to put those together and at least be curious. It feels, feels fucked up to say it, but it's, like it's hard not to put those together. Yeah. I think, yeah, we're being honest about that. But I think the thing that we can talk about without feeling like we need to tiptoe is the Adam Silver suspension decision. And uh, throughout a bunch of this Adam Silver stuff, I've always been, it felt like on the opposite side of the mm -hmm. general public with Adam Silver. When you all loved him, I was like, cool it, guys. He's still the commissioner yeah. of uh, the NBA. Like his his goal is not to make you happy or the players happy is to make money for uh, the owners. So like he he's, he's not Gandhi. He's just uh, a businessman. He's a lawyer who works for the owners. And then it felt like it's starting to swing and people are critical of him for decisions that he made. And it feels like they're a little too harsh, but this one feels like there's the criticism is earned because it's like, I don't know. It, it feels like this should have been understood and agreed upon. Whatever the terms were, if you wanted him to be away from the game for a, a period of time, then you should have established that he's going to be away from the game for a period of time instead of outsourcing this responsibility to the team because the team's incentives are compromised. If you think that he's, if you didn't suspend him initially, uh, then it feels, I guess the the um, the investigation isn't done. What feels most uncomfortable to me is the timing of it is it's like, all right, he left treatment and that's exactly right. Yeah. And oh, now we're done with the investigation. Now we're going to suspend you. And that's the part that feels uncomfortable is it feels like disingenuous and manipulative. And uh, if you wanted to suspend them, then you suspend them, which I guess they're doing. They're just doing it late. And it feels like they're just trying to save face and they don't want John Morant back on the court. So they're doing this. It, it also just feels like completely irrelevant because he's yeah. he's getting time paid for the games that he's missed. So he's going to be back uh, playing on Monday against Dallas right. as they're like ramping up for the two seed. And it's like, I, I, I think Adam Silver probably just didn't 
want to look totally weak and like a mealy mouth commissioner, like he's been accused of and not dole out any punishment for something that people thought was very inappropriate. But like at this point, who cares if he, if he's back Wednesday or Thursday night or Monday night, it doesn't, it's like completely asinine and doesn't make a difference. And so, yeah, I think I'm finally aligned. I'm at the same place with the general public about Adam silver. This is a, a misstep. So you guys are finally right. Everyone else in the world. You're finally correct. All right. So we did it. You did it. Congratulations, guys. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Uh, so the Dame stuff. Dame was on um, J.J. Reddick's podcast. Mm-hmm. Was it the old man and the three, right? Mm-hmm. And Dame talked about two things that got my attention. Like the current culture inside the league and culture of entitlement that players come in with star players come in with and they are automatically have the team given over to them and the teams cater to them in a way and the other one is like the culture surrounding the game and the rings culture the measurement of everybody's career on whether they've won a championship or not and to me this like goes back to one of my favorite things is I, I just don't believe in absolutes and it feels like good comes with bad. And yes, this game has changed and the culture around the game has changed. But he also said that the talent and the skill in the game is no, is higher than it's ever been. And the players that are coming into the NBA are as talented as they've ever been. And I think that they also recognize how valuable they are what they do with the power that they have because of the value, maybe you could quibble with, but to me, that's connected to the entitlement. So if he is longing for a world where you could tell the rookie, no matter if he's a first round pick or not to go back in and work some more or to go pick up donuts or uh, sit on the back of the plane or whatever it is that you want to tell the rookie you can't because that rookie, he said they act like they're LeBron James as soon as they walk in. They kind of are to their franchise in some cases. The young young players, like, yeah, they are. They're kind of the person that we're building around. And there was a time when they that wasn't apparent to them. Their value wasn't clear to them, but their value is clear to them now. So if they're not open to it, and again, this goes to like, professionalization all the way back is like they've been groomed for this since they were little so it's weird to like all of a sudden if they got spotted when they were eight nine ten years old and plucked out of their rec league and put on an aau team and then that aau team is formulated around how awesome they are and then from there they go to college or g league or europe or wherever they're going to go and it's getting so how awesome they are then teams are freaking tanking to get in position to draft them and then they draft them and treat them like the team is going to be built around them, then this is like, to me, it feels like kind of comes with the territory. And 
you're not going to get these super high skilled, well-prepared players into the league who are also like mentally like Dame. Cause Dame wasn't that guy. That's not how he didn't come into the league that way. He was a, he was, he was a high lottery pick. So he was, yeah. he was, uh, you know, well-regarded by the time he got drafted. But yeah, I mean, like, I mean, Dame went into a lot there. He went into, uh, as, as JJ Reddick put it, uh, how the league is and how then also how the league is talked about basically. Mm-hmm. Um, the stuff about how the league is, is seems like exactly the way I feel about Gen Z kids as a millennial who's aging out of it, which mm-hmm. is just like, this isn't what I'm used to. Right. I'm sick of it. Back in my day, it was more fun. Um, I mean, to to an extent, the on the court stuff is is right. It's stuff we've talked yeah. about where it, it was more entertaining when there was more variety and more yeah. uh, different stuff. But it's also like it's never going to change. The stuff about the the ring culture and the the way the NBA is talked about, it, I found more interesting because I don't know why he would be upset about that. Because Dame Lillard to me is the one guy who's gotten a pass. Like we, he could retire tomorrow, and he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He made NBA seventy five. He is one of the greatest shooters ever and no one will care that he doesn't have a ring because he was the one guy who didn't championship chase. Yeah. But I mean, it doesn't seem like he wants it to change in his defense. I think that we're assuming things that he didn't say. Yeah. So to, to the first point about the entitlement, like he didn't really, I mean, he said he didn't like it, but he wasn't saying that he wanted it to change. And I think this is a thing that happens to all generations. I guess Gen X probably said that about, us or, or boomers said it about us the same way that we think about uh, Gen Z. So it's just a thing that always happens. And then they become old enough to realize that the way that they did it was just right. And the way that this new group is doing it is just wrong. So like that's inevitable. The rings culture thing feels different. And Dame wasn't arguing. Uh, I mean, I guess he was not arguing that he should be remembered differently. The funny thing about Dame, what he was pointing out was he just felt it's a lot like Aaron Rodgers, except his version of being a more realized version of himself is something that we like, where yeah. it feels like Dame is comfortable with who he is, or at least he presents as that. And it didn't seem like he was saying, I wish that I would be remembered this way. He was kind of saying the opposite, that I'm not going to be remembered. So who gives a hmm. shit? I mean, that's kind of what he said. He was like, no one's talking about you, JJ, right now. No one's talking about uh, he said no one's talking about Jordan, which uh, that was probably a little bit hyperbolic. Doesn't because, watch enough ESPN. Yeah, yeah. But his point is, yeah, we get a few years out. We talk about what's happening now. And Dame is not going to be a guy that we talk about after his Hall of Fame induction, unless he is in the media. Dame's going to be the guy that 25 years from now, we're going to be like, hey, you know this guy you should look up on, I don't know, 3D holograph tube by then? Dame Lillard, but he's not going to be a guy. And I mean, it, it feels like uh, when someone tells you like the, you know, the history of the earth is like four and a half billion years and humans have only been on earth for like 400 years and you're only going to be here for like 90 years if you're lucky. Like your life is is so insignificant. So like I guess people tell you that to like, so you don't stress so much about little things. That's what it feels like Dame was saying. Like he, he just came out there and was like, you know what? I'm going to have fun. I'm going to play for my guys. I'm going to get paid. But 
it doesn't matter because in the grand scheme of things, y'all not going to remember me and y'all not going to talk about me. But the last thing I'll yeah. say is the, the, I have to, and the good comes with the bad. And I think I got a couple themes that I come back to on everything is you getting, and I don't want to be this guy because he's not complaining about it, but the culture that we create around this stuff, I think is a part of the reason for the popularity, which is directly tied to the reason why um, it's possible to have the career itself. So you can complain about it, which he has been, but kind of like me complaining about like the house that I chose to live in. Like I chose to live in here, but it's still annoying when it breaks. Yeah. I also like, I think he's being a little bit nihilistic. Of course, eventually people won't be talking about Damian Lillard, but like he's been totally lionized amongst this generation of players as the most loyal, the toughest doing it his own way. And I do you think that when we talk about and contextualize great basketball players and great and great point guards, like he's going to be talked about for a while as one of them and be compared to like, cause there's not going to be, everyone's just going to be like, Oh, he's the next step Curry. They're going to be a lot of like, anyone who comes out of a small, small school is going to be compared to Damian Lillard. For you're the wrong. Next- you're wrong. Like, I wish what? you were right, but you're wrong. Like he played in Portland. He hasn't been in the finals there. He's not going to be that guy. He's right. We're going to love him. And guys like us are going to try to get young people to talk about him. But 10 years after his Hall of Fame induction, he we're not going to be making comps to Dame Lillard. We're not going to be talking about him a lot. Like, it's just not. I think we talk about how Charles Barkley never won a title because Charles Barkley is constantly in our face. Like, you know who I saw randomly on social media yesterday? I saw Mark Price giving somebody the business. Somebody put together mm. a compilation of Mark Price. When the last time you heard that name? He was a nasty guard for the Cavs. He was really good. But when the last time I, you heard that name, Mark Price? I got a, I got a 67-year-old white father at, okay. least, <laughs> at least once a quarter. That's fair. But, like... And when Sean Kemp was back in the news last week, was the last time you heard us talk about Sean Kemp? Like, I, I feel like there's lots of players like that. And Dame, I think Dame is right. There, there are like two or three players that like achieve some level of immortality. And, and then they keep dropping off. Like the only players we talk about from like, Bill Russell is Bill Russell, like Bob Cousy. Like uh, eventually these players drop off. And I think Dame, yeah, Dame Lillard is, is going to be in one of the first tiers of like hall of famers who we only talk about when, when they get inducted and when they do a list of best players. And occasionally he's not going to be a there's something, there's something interesting here too. Cause I actually think that that YouTube is going to change some of this the way the players are remembered, like the dudes with the sickest YouTube highlights. Like I think someone like Vince Carter, his, the way you remember him has been inflated because like you fire up YouTube and you're like, that's the sickest shit I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Um, Dame doesn't have that, but he also, he's a sick YouTube basketball player that we'll look at in in times to come. You're right. However, not in time to come because one thing about Vince Carter is nobody else was doing it. That's why his lives on in infamy. The thing about, uh, I guess not infamy, but lives on eternally. The thing about Dame is somebody else is doing it a little bit better. All the stuff that Dame is doing, Steph is doing it a little bit better. And so we are, when you want somebody to look up a nasty, 
shorter guard who can shoot from anywhere inside the gym and hit game winners. It's going to be the guy who won four titles. Sorry. This is leading me to the sad realization that Mac McClung is going to be more famous in 20 years than Dame Lillard. We won't let that happen. We cannot let that happen. We'll um, launch a podcast just called Remember Dame if that happens. But um, yeah, again, I'm right about all of this. Only time will tell how right I really am. I think we also just came to the conclusion that I'm slightly more naive and less nihilistic than you about all things sports. Is that a realization? I guess it's uh yeah, we've been new that. Yeah. That was uh another example. <laughs> shout out to one of my teammates in Denver whose name I do remember, but I don't want to say because I think he went to jail for some stuff. But anyway, he came to this. I'll end with this fun story. Um, and then we can go. Uh is a linebacker when I played in Denver who was from Texas and he didn't he wasn't he was like a special teams guy and he had a real thick accent, like thicker than anything I'd ever heard. It was also like, I don't think it was just accent, but like he just mispronounced words a lot combined with the accent. So, so we're getting ready to leave uh, on our trip. And he said, <clears throat> not ta ta And I was like, what? Not ta ta What? So back then we had to wear a suit and tie on all our trips. And so he pointed to his neck and said, not tie tie, fool. And I was like, oh, do you know how to tie a tie, fool? So, yep, I tied that up for him and we went on the flight. The other one was, I forgot what he was talking about, but he was like, man, you should have nuked that. So I've used nuked ever since uh, 2005 or six, whenever someone says something. So I've been nuked that. Anyway, thanks, Charlie. Thanks, Adi Khan. Thanks, Christina Buswell. Thanks, Sarah Abbott. Thank you for listening. We never tell people to rate and review and stuff and share. Do people do that? Because I hear it on all podcasts and I never do it. But y'all should for me, please. Right? Bye. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.